Do you know why David was such an effective king? The man was a worshiper. Y'all talk to me. The Bible says the only, man, y'all listen to me. The only king that God said would be the throne that Jesus sits on. Was not Nebuchadnezzar. Was not Rehoboam, Jeroboam, all the booms. It was not Solomon. The only throne that God promised that shall continue forever and shall be the one that Christ sits on is the King David throne. Why? Because David was a priest and a king. The guy wrote the largest book in the Bible and it's a worship book. He was a mystery. Let me tell you something. God don't want you to leave business to become a pastor. Because you are a pastor of business. He spoke to me. He said, we have to get it right in this generation or the return of Christ will be delayed again. Because we're not preaching the gospel. I want to show you some scriptures that you never saw. Because <laughs> he spoke to me. Look at Matthew chapter 3. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the desert of Judea. And he preached saying, quote, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. What did John preach? The kingdom of heaven. Mark chapter 1 verse 14 to 15. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming and preaching the good news of God. Now this is important. What is the good news of God? It's not going to heaven. When you go out what you call witnessing, what do you tell those people? If you get saved, you'll go to heaven. Wrong message. That's not the good news. That's why folks really ain't coming to Christ. Because they don't want to go to heaven. They want to live on earth. That's where life is for them now. That's where their problems are. That's where they're facing difficult. They want an answer to now. Let me tell you where heaven emphasis came from. Slavery. Or the black plague in Europe. <laughs> Whenever man is in a catastrophe, he starts thinking about heaven. Whenever there's an epidemic, heaven kicks in. So during the black plague, when millions were dying in Europe from this black plague, that's when they really began to invent the gospel of heaven. And then when slavery kicked in, you know, the white folks in Europe, they created heaven during the black plague. The black folks created it during slavery. Everybody ended with the same gospel. Swing low. Got the cotton on the back. Sweet chariot. Where you got that from? Coming forth to carry me home. That's not in the Bible. Ain't no chariot coming for you. <laughs> Only one man in history went up in a chariot. One man. And there was no promise it coming for you. None. Nowhere in the Bible, no chariot coming for you. But you see, on the hot sun, with a whip upon your back, you want a relief. 
You want to hope beyond the whip. So you say, oh God, in the morning, send down a chariot. And when the chariot didn't come, you start a new song. Nobody knows the struggle I see. See, we want to get out when it's pain. The good news of the of God is what? The time has come, he says. The kingdom of God has arrived. That's the good news. <laughs> you know, it's tough when you own nothing. And everybody else owns you. They own your children. They own your body. They own your future. You have no clothes but rags. No house but their huts. I can understand why you could write a song like this. I got a shoe. You got a shoe. All of God's children got a shoe. I ain't got none now. But when I get to heaven, gonna put on my shoe. I'm gonna walk all over God's heaven. 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 Gonna walk all over God's heaven. And those songs kept us in the dark hours. But they were not the gospel. Let me tell you what they taught me when I was growing up in religion. Son, just hang on. He's going to come deliver you someday. Just hold on tight. One day he'll come and take you out of this. That's not what he taught. He taught us, I have overcome the world and you can overcome the world now. That's kingdom. God don't want you to have a good week after you die. I don't know about you, but that's what the gospel teaches. It teaches we have a good week this week. I mean, this week going to be a good week for you. Nothing outside of you is bigger than what's inside of you. That's a good formula for victory. Greatest is he that is in you, that he that is in the world. you got to believe that or not believe it. And if what's in the world is greater than you, then you ain't got what you're supposed to have. That's right. Something's missing. I mean, if life beats you, then you either got the wrong good news, which is bad news, or you ain't got no news at all. Jesus said to his disciples, be not afraid, little flock, for if they could not overcome me, they will not overcome you. Look at this verse. Matthew 10. This one was interesting. He said to his disciples, Go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. As you go, preach this message. The kingdom of heaven is near. He told them what to preach. Matthew 11, verse 11. Wow. I tell you the truth. Among those born of woman, there has not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist. Yet... He who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than John. Boy, this is good stuff. He spoke to me last night. I mean, he spoke to me last night. 
he opened this scripture to me. He says, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing. When? From the days of John the Baptist until now. And forceful men lay hold of it. Watch this. For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John. This is deep. You got it, Lynn? You reading that? He says, look, from Abraham to John, the kingdom was never here. My God. They just talked about it. They prophesied about it. He says, oh my, help me, Lord. He says, even John was not in the kingdom. John preached about it. John is the last Old Testament prophet. Matter of fact, there should have been on that blank page in your Bible between Malachi and Matthew, there should have been a man with his leg like this. One foot in Malachi, one foot in Matthew. That's John. John was an Old Testament prophet who had a New Testament revelation. All the other prophets spoke about the coming of the king and the kingdom. They talked about the coming of the king and the kingdom. But John actually introduced the king who introduced the kingdom. So John actually saw it but never got into it. Oh Lord, I might say. John never received the Holy Spirit. But he was standing next to it at the baptism. It came down right in front of him. But John never received it. And that's why Jesus said, the least in the kingdom is greater than John. Because John only had the Holy Ghost come upon him and left. He said, but everyone after Jesus had the Holy Ghost come in them and live. Let me introduce you to yourself. Ooh, he spoke to me. He said, you are greater than Moses. You are greater than Abraham. You are greater than David. You are greater than Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You are greater than Daniel. You are greater than Isaiah. You are greater than Jeremiah. Ezekiel, no competition to you. Jose can't touch you. Joel can't get near to you. He only can talk about you. Amos never had what you had. Obadiah, still hoping to get it. Jonah, my lord, he ran from it. Let me tell you what this means, man. He says no prophet in the Old Testament, including John, was greater than you. Because they only talked about the kingdom. But you got it. You are in it. You are citizens of the kingdom. Praise his name, somebody. So we admire... Moses opening the water. We are impressed with Joshua stopping the sun. We are mesmerized with David slaying a Goliath. We are so impressed by the awesome power of Samson tearing down those gates. And God says, you are greater than them all. From the days of John the Baptist until now, 
the, from the days of John the Baptist until now. When is that? After John the Baptist. From the days of John the Baptist until now. Read it. From the days of John the Baptist until now. What, what, what happened? The kingdom is what? Forcefully advancing. In other words, there's a takeover going on since John. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He said there's, a, there's an invasion. There's a takeover going on. And nobody knows except those who are being taken over. Anybody been taken over? I've been taken over by the kingdom. It has taken over my heart, my mind, my soul, my body, my future. It's taken over my attitude, my audacity. It's made me a dangerous man. It's made me what? Forcefully advancing human. Let me tell you something, friends. He spoke to me. He said, look, when you understand the kingdom, you advance forcefully. You still ain't got it. He spoke to me. He said, look, the world is against you, but you advance forcefully. Because greater is the thing that's in you than he that's in the world. This week is easy because you are forcefully advancing. Before John, they used to roll over and play dead. But since John, we don't roll over for nobody. We don't play dead for nobody. We advance forcefully. Do you get it? This kingdom ain't no lousy religion trying to get out of problems, trying to overcome without going through. This kingdom is so powerful. This kingdom ain't afraid of nobody and nothing. This kingdom looks at the problem and says, come on problem. And it just advances right through the problem. This kingdom overcomes. It doesn't just run from things. In other words, God is sick and tired of sick and tired saints who always complaining why they failed. Let me tell you what he's saying. He's saying, look, if you got a little bit of pressure, that's what wakes the kingdom up. He said, this kingdom shows its real presence under pressure. That's why you ain't going to never be without force. Because you are in this world, but not of this world. The fight is for your faith. The kingdom is forcefully advancing. And who understand it? Take hold means to understand. Who understand it? Forceful men. In other words, God ain't got no sissies in the kingdom. If you are being whipped every week, overcome every week by some habits, some problems, some situation, some people, some opinions, he says, you ain't kingdom yet. I'm going to work on you. God wants you to be the most dangerous person every morning you wake up. He wants hell to have a fit. I mean... When you open your eye, God wants the devil to say, oh, no. <laughs> Come on, ain't, ain't folks right here like that? Amen. Forceful men lay hold on the kingdom. It's just it's weak back, jelly back believers. Man, God tired of us. We can't even handle little hurt feelings. Little, 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 little things in the church. 
The thing is bigger than my personality, bigger than my little flaws. What you, what's your problem? We in something big. This is kingdom. I mean, you got a lot of weaknesses too. But I keep trucking because you ain't my enemy. Kingdom kicked in when John died. Oh, he spoke to me last night. Read the first part of that verse. I tell you, among those born of women, there has not risen anyone greater than who? John. I want to show you, he spoke to me last night. Look at Mark 1.14. After John was put in prison, then Jesus began proclaiming. After John was put in prison, then Jesus began proclaiming. After John was put in prison, then Jesus began to proclaim, the kingdom has arrived. After John was out of the way. You ain't got it. As long as John was present, the kingdom couldn't come. Because he was the last one with his foot in the Old Testament. Come on, somebody. And that's why Jesus did not stop Herod from cutting the man's head off. It was the last seal. Lord have mercy. Hallelujah. God. Oh, In that prison, John says to his disciples, tell Jesus, they're going to kill me. And if he's the son of God, if he is the Messiah, I know he can save me. And Jesus ignored the request. Because John was holding you back. What Satan meant for evil with that sword, God turned into good. Look at the anointed people who are greater than John that came out of that death. Herod thought he got rid of John. But he raised up millions of Elijahs. Now Herod ain't got one man telling him he's committing adultery. He got millions of them telling him he should have never killed John. Come on, say amen, somebody. The kingdom began when John was put in prison. My friends, he spoke to me. I'm going to stop. I'm not going to close. But I want to stop on a verse that's found in a place that you probably didn't expect. We read one of these before. Paul preached the kingdom. Acts 28 verse 30. For two whole years Paul stayed there in his own rented house and welcomed all who came to see him. Boldly and without hindrance he preached the kingdom of God and then he taught the Lord Jesus Christ. Now look at Acts 19. Mind-blowing stuff. Verse 8 and 9. Paul entered the synagogue and spoke boldly for how long? For three months about what? Arguing persuasively about the kingdom of God. Paul was a boring preacher. One subject for three months. Because there was no other gospel. 
My friend, what did Paul preach? Three whole months, the man had one message. Every night they came together, Paul said, let me pick up your laptop. We can talk about the kingdom of God tonight. Next day, once again, pick up your laptop, the kingdom of God. He didn't only teach it, he did it persuasively. That means Paul used every philosophical, ideological, intellectual argument he could find to explain one message. He said, this thing is about a kingdom. This ain't about Rome. It's not about Herodians. It's not about Pharisaical and Sadducical groups. This is not about religion. It's about the kingdom of God. Paul preached. I like this. Paul's passion. Acts 28, 23. They arranged to meet Paul on a certain day. And came in even larger numbers to the place where he was staying. From morning till evening, he explained and declared to them what? Not healing, not prosperity, not baptism in the Holy Spirit, not tongues. But he spent from morning until evening declaring to them the kingdom of God. And he tried to convince them about Jesus from the law of Moses and from the prophets. Paul says, look, this thing is about a kingdom and Christ is the means to the kingdom. From morning until night. Hey, I got an example, but Paul, I could keep Paul's example. Don't tempt me, oh Lord. <laughs> Rafu. <laughs> See, half of y'all couldn't attend Paul's church. I only keep you all in a couple of hours. Paul keep you there from when? Morning till night. Some of y'all would have been dead by falling out of the window. <laughs> okay. I guess what we've learned this morning so far is that there ain't nothing else to talk about but the kingdom of God. You are not a part of a religion. You're part of the kingdom of God. John chapter 3. I'm just going to stop here. And listen carefully to this. We're going to pick up here next time. But listen to this. Nicodemus came to Jesus. Look at me, look. Very important. And Nicodemus said to Jesus, Hey, by the way, he spoke to me last night, friends. I ain't never seen John 3.16 before. I never saw John 3, verse 2, until he spoke to me last night. Nicodemus said to Jesus, How can I enter this kingdom? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He spoke to me. Jesus answered, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Do you understand what he meant? I thought I did. For that which is flesh is flesh, he says. 
That which is spirit is spirit. So do not marvel that I say unto you, you must be born again. What's he talking about? Water is the way you were born. He came to me last night. He spoke to me. What were you in in your mother's womb? Water. So that was your physical birth. There was no Holy Ghost in that. So when you were born from your mother's womb, that was water. That's why the water by had to burst. And you were born by water. But he says, to enter the kingdom, man, this is deep. He says, you need to be born by both. Oh, he spoke to me last night. Never have I seen it so clearly. This is why the angels cannot enter the kingdom of God on earth. To be in the kingdom of God on earth, you need a body. (laughs) So he says, you must be born of water first. You've got to have a human body. Then you must be filled with the Holy Spirit on earth. In other words, to be in the kingdom of God on earth, you need to have a body and the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. What did Adam lose when he sinned? He still had his body, but he lost the Holy Spirit. He lost the contact with the government. He lost the relationship with the headquarters. So he could not (laughs) make what was happening in heaven happen on earth. Because he didn't know what was happening in heaven. He was out of touch. And so the kingdom of God could not come on earth because God the king could not get through to earth. So Jesus came. Shed his blood for one purpose. To cleanse you. So you could be holy. Why? Because the spirit that you were lacking is a holy spirit. So the blood was shed to make you (laughs) inhabitable again. That is why the resurrection... He told Mary, tell my boys, I'll meet them in Galilee. We'll have a meeting. And the meeting took place in John 21. And the Bible says when he came in, they thought he was a ghost. And he said, no. Ghosts don't have flesh and bone like you see me have. Touch me, he says. And they touched him. And then he came to each one of them, the Bible says, and he breathed on them and said unto them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Where? 
right in this flesh body. Well, right on earth. Because the kingdom of God is not meat and drink and clothing, but it is love, joy, and peace. <laughs> Thank you. In the Holy Spirit. Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. Let me tell you what this really boils down to. He spoke to me. He says, look, the kingdom works on earth. Get it? Oh, please help them, Lord. Get it? He says, if when you die, the kingdom can't work no more. <laughs> he says, the kingdom works because you're on earth. Monday morning, don't be afraid of Monday. The kingdom works on earth. It works with that which is born of water. And that bond of the Spirit, it combines it back again. So you're not afraid of Tuesday or Wednesday. You can face anything on Thursday. Friday is no problem. Saturday, no joke at all. You can handle it. Why? Because the kingdom works with blood and spirit. It works with water and spirit. You were born in the flesh and the kingdom works. Your dominion on earth comes through your flesh. Without your body, you are illegal. Do you understand what I'm talking about? You really do? Please tell me. Smile. At least fake it. Help me. <laughs> do you understand what I'm talking about? No. Did you understand what he's saying? Jesus said, look. Nicodemus, you don't need to die to be born again. You don't need to die for the kingdom to work. Matter of fact, the kingdom don't work when you die, he says. He says you got to be born of water. That's true. You need that. That's, the, that's your body. You need your body. He said, but now you need the spirit. Spirit, yes. I'm trying to make it practical, friends. In other words, stop planning to go to heaven this week. <laughs> Take charge wherever your foot land this week and say, kingdom is ruling this spot. When you walk into job, work, home, car, business, this is where the kingdom is. It's working. It's working here. It's working. The kingdom of God is within you. Let's pray. Lord, you spoke to me. And I've spoken to your people. Continue to speak. If there be anyone here, O oh Lord, who like Nicodemus... They want to enter this kingdom. But Father, they think they got to go through rituals, church meetings, all kinds of stuff. Relieve them from the pressure right now. Let them know that they qualify because they're born of water. They came out of a woman's womb. That's enough qualification. You died for humans born out of water. Thank you, Father. And now you shed your blood to redeem that which is born from water so it can receive which comes from heaven, the Holy Spirit. 
I thank you for those here today who already received the Spirit. Let them understand. We hope you enjoyed this presentation from the Rediscovering the Kingdom series. 